Hey everyone, welcome back to My Ship Story podcast. I'm Eric and I'm here with Scott and Brad. How are you guys doing today? Hey. Hey, doing good. That's it. Hey, hey. Doing so you- good. It's been hot and muggy here, but today we kind of had, in Oklahoma City anyway, we had a, uh, a bunch of clouds roll in, so, you know, that was nice to mow in. Well, that's good. That's good. I see you have a new uh, background. I got a background. I figured <laughs> the background out. It looks like I'm sitting in a sky rise downtown, but yeah, this is downtown Oklahoma City. Cool. Well, I guess I'm the only one left that hasn't figured out how to how to get it done. I got to get with the ages. Well, hey, um, we have a great guest today. This is a, a dear friend of mine from back in the day at Royal Caribbean. Um, Karen Maybury and I worked together in the early 90s at uh, uh, RCCL. Uh, Karen worked as an ACD and then made it to cruise director. Um, then I also worked at NCL 20, uh, 2008 to 2013. Then she, you got off ships and uh, Karen formed her own recruitment agency, KMCC recruitment agency. And then, you know, again, wanting to be an entrepreneur, Karen then uh, created the Mayberry Web Creative, which is a production company that puts on shows for Carnival and Bahamas Paradise. And I'm so excited to have Karen on here. We haven't seen each other probably in 20, 25 years or so like that. And I just had a ball working with Karen. So welcome to the show, Karen. And in your honor, look, I also got my red glass of red wine. I would cheers. be so disappointed if you hadn't have had. Cheers. Great to see you, Eric. And hi, guys. Hey there. Hi, Karen. Welcome. Thank you. Congratulations on starting this. This it sounds fantastic. I've been listening to your podcasts. Oh, thanks, man. That's yes, great. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and I when when you reached out and you mentioned something and I saw your name come up, I was like, oh yeah, we need to have Karen on here. She's gonna have loads of stories. <laughs> and uh, if we can if we can keep our memories straight, because <laughs> when we worked on board uh let's just say we had a lot of fun we had a lot of fun i'm glad that um i was on board when i was you know i joined like in 1993 and i i'm really glad that i I think my my period of time on ships was just long enough to still really have a fantastic time and people still do today of course but i think there wasn't quite so many rules when we were there eric and i fond moments and memories of you but those maybe i'll keep for our private (laughs) 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 no we can share actually i'm like hey whatever whatever people we come up with that we remember and we want to share that's fine with me because i have one memory of specifically of yours well maybe i'll talk a little bit after your after your stories and stuff but let's just say it involved with uh, drinking a bit and uh sliding down some stairs (laughs) (laughs) they all seem to begin and end actually (laughs) <laughs> I think the, all all stories involve alcohol at some point. They do. Thankfully, my house doesn't have stairs, so the stairs bit's not happened to me. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So hey, so let's you know we're talking for a little bit here. We could chit chat forever. So um, you know, talking to you is just like we're back as we were in '93 and '94. I think we worked on. Did we work on the Sovereign together? Do you remember? Yes, I, I actually was on the Sovereign more times than any other ship, and. Uh, I joined, that was my first ship in 1993, um, the Sovereign, and then I was on that, like, well, there was only three ships at the time, so I was obviously on there several times uh, throughout my Royal Caribbean career, and it's a really special ship. I actually am sad that I've seen it's going off to the, the yeah. scrum. You know, it, it, it makes me sad. All the ships I've been on that were special <laughs> seem to end up there. Maybe yeah. I'm just a weird curse. So you would you know say the- that... 
The only time I, I ever went on the Sovereign was a, I think it was a country and western cruise, like a country and western. Was it a charter cruise? It was a charter cruise, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, they used to actually do a lot of uh, a lot of charters, and I was actually lucky to be the cruise director for some major charters, like um, they had Christopher Cross and Michael McDonald, and wow. uh, one of my best friends, who to this day is one of my best friends, Jan Thomas. She used to come on with these great groups and great artists. Ray Charles was on, and I feel stupid now because at the time I was a new cruise director and I didn't want to eagerly jump into photographs. I wanted it to be cool, which is silly now because now I'm sat at home looking at pictures of myself. Um, and uh, you, you wouldn't have known anyway, so it just made no sense. But I was lucky. The, the Sovereign was a really, really special ship. It really was. And it was the biggest ship in the world at the time. Would you say that was your favorite ship, do you think? I don't know. That, that's a hard question because all ships were special, you know, all of them in many ways. My favourite, favourite ship that that was, uh, there's two. One is the Jewel of the Seas because mm-hmm. I was takeout cruise director. I was part of a chosen team of Francois Wachet, the, the hotel director. I have this great team of managers. We all got on great. And then I, of course, handpicked my own team. Um, and I got engaged to Dave on there. And I, I just was on there for quite a long time. My other favorite ship's the Viking Serenade. Oh, really? Uh, in, uh, when it, when that went to Scotland, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I've loved all the ships I've been on for different reasons, but those particular ships, I had very special memories, and that's actually where I did meet Dave. But I, I just was cruise director. Like I, I, I used to say to Peter Compton, who was in charge of the schedules at the time, I'd be like, can I just go to the Viking Serenade? And because I spoke languages, I was lucky. I ended up in Europe several times. And he'd be like, really? That's right. Oh, my God. I was like, that's, that's what I was thinking. Really? <laughs> three and four day cruises. It was a party crowd. You just had to walk on stage and cough and they all went crazy. It was a special, intimate setting. And I was on the ship, the last cruise. I took it to Aruba when it was handed over to um, the, the cruise line that bought it. So I was one of the last people off myself, my husband and the captain. So it's kind of, yeah, it's weird. Now I just have a picture. <laughs> you just reminded me about that I totally forgot, is that you are fluent in Spanish. And most people wouldn't expect you to be. I'm, I'm assuming you still are because you're living in Florida. Yeah, I'm really hablo español. Well, ah, qué bueno. Spanish. No, uh, yeah. well, the Spanish thing's funny. When I got hired, one of the reasons I think they hired me was because I spoke Spanish. And in the interview, uh, the this guy Dave Vanderpass came to to the UK and um, Dave Vanderpass and and he interviewed me and then he said you speak fluent Spanish and I mean I once dated a Spanish bus driver. That's how I learned Spanish. So I wouldn't say. <laughs> he said, "Tell me about yourself." So I went on this big long tirade of all about myself and then I asked him a question and he went and I said, "Do you speak Spanish?" And he said, "Oh no, you just sounded great though. You're high." <laughs> <laughs> I speak very very good conversational Spanish, but I don't think I'm going to win anybody over with my grammar. Yeah, I do remember. That. I remember when you first spoke to me in Spanish, you spoke it with an English accent, which was the weirdest thing to me. Like I had to fine tune my ears to really understand your Spanish. Once I got it, then it was fun and I could understand it. But when I first heard your Spanish, I was like, I've never heard that type of Spanish accent before. It was, <laughs> it was very particular. So like an English accent, Spanish accent. Yeah, it was. Hola, hola, cómo está. <laughs> but even here you know when i go out say i go to 
Publix or wherever and people go oh you're English how long have you lived here and I'll say oh 20 years you didn't lose your accent and and that always boggles my mind because unless in your formative linguistic years you move as an adult moving here you're not going to um, change your accent of course and it always tickles me a little bit. And then, of course, with my Spanish accent, to be honest, the person I learned it off when I think about it, I'm sure, you know, he was very cute, but I don't think his Spanish was probably, he was probably close to live. <laughs> There's no surprise there. Well, I mean, I think we've already kind of started on some of these little stories, but why don't you uh, go ahead and start kicking into uh, your ship story? Oh, gosh, I'm, I've got so many. And it's funny, Eric, when I saw that you'd written, uh, you know, about anybody that's got a ship story, I'd had um, Francois Boucher, the, the hotel director, and I, a very close still. And he'd actually just been to visit us for the weekend. And of course, over three days, we were reminding each other and telling each other of stories. So I had a few that were fresh in my head. I mean, I've got I've got a lot. I'm going to try and keep them on the, the more whimsical. I think one of my favorite <laughs> ship stories is when I first got on ships, I didn't know anything about them. I was doing acting, comedy, all sorts of things in England. I didn't even know cruise. I thought cruise ships were just something posh people did or like in the films. I didn't know it was something I could do as a job. So when I first got on ships, I was, you know, I thought I was going on to host shows. And I remember saying to the cruise director, he's called Dennis Shortino, oh, when are you leaving? Because I'm obviously doing that. He was just like laughing at me. Anyway, after the <laughs> I first... I want your job after a week, right? <laughs> no, and I didn't like it because I didn't like sharing a, a, a cabin. I'd never shared a cabin in my life. And the girl I shared a room with in the beginning was a right slapper. And at night she'd... <laughs> <laughs> and then reading the Bible, it was all very confusing. And I was on the top and... oh. <laughs> I got to move route. Well, actually, to be honest, I got drunk and I fell off the bed and I kept 14 stitches still, of course. And um, I moved rooms. But then I, I started to enjoy it and party and have a good time. Anyway, next door to the, the cabin that I would move, I'd moved into, um, there was a, a tech and a diver. And in their cabin, they had a massive fish tank and it was plugged in and it was full of like a, I think it was like a little crab in there and a little eel and a couple of fish from Coco Cay. I can't believe they had a fish tank. Yeah, the fish tank. And I mean, this is a forever ago. The divers used to get off and go on the, the island and switch out a bit. And the tech guy had to go home on compassionate leave. So he said to me, could you look after the fishermen? I said, what? So you just feed it every day. Don't tell anybody for a cabin inspection. You hide it here and all this business. I was like, okay. And he said, whatever you do, don't unplug it. So that was all well and good. So I looked after the fish. And the, and in the, the tank was a sh- Well, in all honesty, until this time, I've only ever eaten cooked shrimp. So I actually thought all shrimps were pink. So I, of course, went to the crew bar one night. A friend of mine got off with somebody. I gave them the cabin key so they could go and have a you know a little cuddle in the in the cabin and the next morning he gave me the key back and uh, he said to me oh that tank was so noisy I unplugged it and I went oh you unplugged it and I went into the cabin and on top of the the tank floating was the, sh- the shrimp and it was dead it was gray and I was like shit and the next day we were in Coco Cay so because the diver hadn't been on for that cruise and the next diver was coming I was like so I got my friend Bill that was in the cast and I said, oh, my God, look, it's died. He's like, oh, what are we going to do? And I said, we'll have to try and replace it. I said, it's the midnight buffet tonight. Go <laughs> midnight buffet. and only just kill the shrimp there. So we went to the 
buffet and we went like and it was when it was all posh and we took this shrimp that was on the top of the display and like you know we put it in the, well we didn't put it in the tank first we put it in a cup of water because that would make and then I said look the tank seems to not be full some of the water must have drained out or something when maybe when he unplugged it so Bill said well that water salt water um he said in and I said where can we get salt water from because he said don't put tap water in he said well the swimming pool the crew pool's filled with salt water so we went up there and I had my formal gown on and all this and we get to the the the, the crew pool and the water was drained because obviously we were in port the next day but of course I didn't know any of this stuff then so I climbed down into the pool and I get like cups of water and he's throwing me down paper cups and I'm passing them back up so then we have like enough water to top the tank up which was about an inch so that was that so right we sold it you know oh thank god so the next morning right before we docked I went and I put the shrimp in in a tank this and um goes in the cabin and then he comes and he bangs on my door and he goes he goes, oh, my God, what's happened to, I don't know, Arthur? Or, and I'm like, who? And he went, the shrimp. And he went, I said, the shrimp? He said, it's, it's somebody's cooked it. I went, oh, no. You, and, I, you know, I'm thinking it's an American expression. I said, no, no, no. I said, he was swimming about this morning. I saw him. And he, he, went, <laughs> <laughs> he died. And he was like, it's shrimp. I'm like, what's my God? It's like, look. And then he ate it. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> came out what I'd done and nobody trusted me with the cabin key that contract but that's like one of my first stories you know because I was so well now I've eaten loads of raw shrimp cooked raw shrimp but it was just a silly story and once again I'm sure we were completely sozzled and it was all happening around four in the morning and yeah there's just there's too many but that's 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 my favorite cruise staff ship story definitely that is really really funny i was like oh my god i cannot believe you put a cooked shrimp in there oh my god that's just hysterical where do you think he got the shrimp from well originally they they originally brought all them on from coco k i mean i've got a few stories but i don't get anybody that's still working in, in trouble but they, they were divers and they just brought them on. I mean, you know, people at that time, your crew card went in a slot. And I mean, I'm sure even going, going through the scanner, which I'm, I don't know if they were going through. I don't know if a fish in a plastic bag would show up. <laughs> I didn't even think we went through a scanner. We had, you know, they just yeah. checked our cards and they were peeking the bag. And I think some of the security, you know, the... The little Filipino guys that would just look and, you know, if you had a bottle of, or food for them, they would be like. Absolutely. I mean, nobody would have batted an eyelid anywhere, I don't think. I mean, probably like the, the if they ever got to go ashore, bless them, but the security guards got free jet ski rides and they wouldn't care if some strange person was bringing a pet shrimp and a pet. There's <laughs> a few things. It was pretty interesting, really. And I do know this has happened before because actually my brother – I was a cruise director, uh, no, I was the assistant cruise director on The Legend of the Seas, and my brother was on as a DJ, and there was a guy called James Hong, who was on as, he was one of the techs. One of the late night party places was the casino hallway, and they got little turtles, terrapins, I'm not sure what they're called in America, but, you know, the little tiny ones, and they'd mark the back of them, and then they would race them at night in casino gang and I found out like this about this because somebody came to see me that was signed up and he owed my brother money and I was like what? I'm gonna kill him and then about 
So I, I knew about these terrapins, but I didn't want to get in trouble. And the cruise director was uh, the, the hotel director. What, was, what's joking. a terrapin? It's, it's a turtle. Turtle. It's it's a tortoise. Oh. It's oh, a yeah. tortoise. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah but you live, you live, you put it in a tank with a thing. Anyway, so the hotel the hotel director had got the worst temper in the world. His name is Jimmy Spencer, and oh used, my god, Jimmy Spencer. Just, oh, do I have stories about him? But we'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have funny stories about mine, but he did used to go mad about things. And so I didn't want my brother to get in trouble. And then it was cabin inspection. And I was in my office and I remember opening the drawer on the filing cabinet. And I was like, what? And that this tank was in there with the terrapins in. And then when James Hong signed off, he took them and he flew all the way back to Canada with them. His little with friends, he got with the turtles. With the little turtles. Yeah, he had him, he had him in like a little cigarette. <laughs> so so <laughs> But yeah, so that was crazy. Yeah, J- Jimmy was a real character. You know, I remember the oh, yeah. and the the golf course kind of blew off, and he was like yelling at me and the cruise director Bill, like we made it ourselves. We were like, oh, okay, like well, we didn't nail it down. Isn't that when when the ship came over, when Legend came over, that the the whole golf course up deck flew off? Yeah, it flew off worse later on, but it was flying off a little bit um, before then, and. Uh, there was a few golf course instances, you know, like uh, I remember Bill went on vacation. I became the cruise director and like my first cruise, <laughs> one of the musicians got really sozzled and then he went to sleep like by hole number six and was found in the morning his tuxedo lying on the golf course. So there's, a lot, there's lots of golf course stories about the legend. Now, when you say the whole golf course flew off, like you mean the AstroTurf and the off, like everything just. I know when we were there, it came up quite a bit you know it would come up and then I I don't remember I think I'd gone on vacation then thank god um that I think the whole like certainly half of it came up I know there was a few big problems with it at the time but those golf courses were so fun they were really popular we had a uh, um I can't remember where island it was in the Caribbean somewhere but we got hit by a water spout that went over the ship and it took deck chairs and threw them around the whole pool deck and it took deck chairs and sucked them out into the sea maybe like a hundred deck chairs and all kinds of stuff that just threw it it threw everything overboard it's, it's crazy what happens on a ship as long as people weren't sat in them at the time. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Jimmy Spencer was the hotel director on Sun Viking when we went to Asia. So I got to know him pretty well. I got along great with him, but I know that he did drive certain people crazy. I mean, I didn't report directly to him, but I know that uh, the chief purser at the time, he he drove her pretty crazy. But he was really funny. And I, I mean, I enjoyed working with him because he didn't give me shit. I have a really funny story about him. So he, the guy was English, Peter Duncan, if you don't know him. But... He was funny, and I used to go for dinner with him, and, and we got on the house on fire. We did have a bad temper. Anyway, we went out in Venice, and the ship was docked in Venice, and to get into the city, you had to walk a little bit of a distance. So we went out for a night, and there was myself. My, my brother was on board at the time. Um, this must have been the same contract, actually. Bill Bronco's the cruise director, a dear friend of mine. Um, Scott McKee was a production manager and a few of us so we went out and uh, I think when we went out we might have gone the water taxi but we went bobbing around and then Venice kind of closes at midnight you know and we walked back and we walked back and we were really 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 
hammered. And we could see the ship, but we, none of us could think of how we could get to the ship. And Jimmy's going, oh, you know, you, you, it was your idea to walk back because, you know, I was like, because I love walking at late at night. And, and uh, I was like, it's just so mystical. It's not, it's like, it's not freaking mystical. It's late now and whatever. So we get, and there's the ship. And then between us and the ship's a wall. So I said, we'll have to climb over this wall. So <laughs> Scott was like the tiniest little guy. And he was amazing. You know, he was a really, really cool guy. And he was very thin. He was really drunk. So I said, let's get him up first. So Jimmy was very muscly. And my brother got him and they kind of threw him over the wall. And he fell and like landed on his head and all this in some brambles. And then we all clambered up and got over the wall. And we were all like covered in scratches. And then, you know, you, you're like that. And you get to the gangway and you walk up the gangway. And you're like, hello, good evening. And then you all disperse and you're like falling about. Anyway, being totters, of course, every cruise line, you get an overnight, the next day's boat drill, and yeah. you are going to boat drill, and the cruise uh, the cruise directors are doing the announcements on the <laughs> on the bridge, and I was at my muster station, and I was stood there, and my brother's at the next muster station, and he came up, and he went, look over there, do you see that wall? And I looked, and I saw a wall, and it wasn't a very long wall, and I went, yeah, and that's the wall that we jumped over last night, and the wall was only about probably 70 foot long, but there was trees on either side, and if we'd have just carried on walking, we could have just walked all the way down there. Scratched his wrist, and Jimmy got scratches here, and it was just the, it was so silly and funny but you know he, he was like a laugh as well so I, I kind of like I like I could take the, the tyrant with the fun guy that was behind it all as well he, he was quite a character I mean the characters at sea um they're they're just the people you meet are just great great people fantastic people and just and some hilarious people okay Karen so um why don't you just give us another story I'm sure you have a more you know in your back pocket there so why don't you come up with another really good one for us Okay, this is this is short and sweet. So when you're a cruise director and you take over from a cruise director, you really want everyone to, you know, love you and you get on board and what have you. But you always have that respect for the other cruise director and, and it's very unprofessional when people throw people under the bus. But anyway, I got on one particular cruise ship and uh, I was the first female to be on that cruise ship. And, you know, I got in the cabin and like you do, you know, have a little nosy, see if they've left you any booze from the signing card and whatever. Anyway, they hadn't left me anything like that, but they had left me a drawer full of dirty magazines. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I like pulled them out. and my, Dave, my husband, was with me. And they weren't like dirty magazines that you're like, oh, they would have a little titter. I'll read that rude story one day. They were like the horrible things you've ever seen. They were like people that were like 500 pounds. And if anybody out there is listening, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's been quarantined. <laughs> but <laughs> and there were people with funny things with pineapples. I was like, who ever knew pineapple would stick? Who was the horriblest thing you've ever seen in your life? And I was like, what the? What is wrong? Who's are these? And then I'm like, oh, I can't throw them out because if I stop, people are going to think they're mine. So it's predecessor, a freaking weirdy pineapple up your bottom, freaking cucumber up your ass, mental place person. And, and, you know, I'm sure the society's for that. Or. <laughs> Put these in there. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't get away from the, the pineapple up the bottom. No, no, I mean, I'm in tears. I'm trying to hold back my laughter so that I don't go over you, but. 
Oh my God. I am funny like uh <laughs> like the, the like little stick on pompons you use for class uh, craft classes. You you probably get that guys don't know what I mean, but they were like doing weird things with these funny little pom poms. But I, I've never quite been the same after this actually. But I could never throw them away and so I had to I'd leave leave them and then probably the next person went, Ooh, Karen's such a weird flower magazines of these big old fat ladies sticking funny things up their ass and in the books and bobs. Anyway, yeah, so to all those kids out there handing over. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh, my God. I am going to say the ship now. I am going to, because if the cruise director on the Voyager of the Seas looks in the cupboard... I want to know if those magazines are there. And yes, Karen and maybe webcreative.com. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, in my kitchen is a pineapple, but it's only because of oh, I just, as I'm talking to you. We have one in our kitchen that is going in the trash. <laughs> you know what is oh. so funny? Because I'm talking to you and I'm looking into the kitchen it's open plan and there's a freaking big pineapple. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> when you're just going to tell that story, I'd have been like, see you later. Oh my God! I'm seriously crying of laughter. I am like, I cannot. And I'm trying to hold it in just so that I don't like speak over you. But I am just dying laughing. Oh my God! That is a true story. Mercedes La Puente was my assistant. Went on to be a fantastic cruise director. Good friend of mine. She lives. She has an apartment near, near me in Spain. She can vouch for this. She's someone you should have on here as well. She's a great girl. Now you, that uh, you get her on here, yeah. Now that is a great ship story. That is, but that isn't my ship story. That is the clever, clever, clever person who put those magazines there to traumatize me and countless other cruise drivers. Being on those ships all those months, you you have to have a sense of humor, and I think you have to take your job seriously because you know what. I, Eric, you won't believe this. I've never had a warning in really? all 20 years and all the mischief I got up to. But wow. never, ever late. Never, never late. And I amazingly had the fastest recovery period. I think you did. Like, you know, you could just turn around and get up in the morning and just look fabulous and be on your game. And then yeah. the you'd like go and have a nap and be like nearly unconscious. And you just worked and played hard. And it was just fantastic. And I think people do now. I just think there's a lot more scrutiny because now people are more aware of the perils of alcohol, maybe. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of random tests. So it's not quite as liberal as it used to be. Because we've killed all of their fun now (laughs) because we got caught in everything. Yeah, because we ruined it for everybody, probably. That's why. Now, do you think, uh, because when we were on the ships... It was crazy and awesome and fun, and uh, everybody did so many things. It's not nearly that at all. Do you think before we got on the ship it was even crazier? Yes, I do. And, you you know, it's all kind of in perspective. Like um, Eric said at the beginning about me creating a show for Carnival, and that was recently. It was like four years ago. wrote a show with my husband for Carnival Cruise Line. And it's on, I think, like eight, well, not now, but it's on eight ships, and it's called America Rocks. And because I was, I didn't know anything about the brand, Carnival graciously invited all the new directors and took us on a week-long cruise. And it was fantastic. But one of the great things was that they got us crew cards so we could pay crew prices for drinks. 
and we were and we had a crew pass and we were allowed as contractors to go in the crew bar and I have to say it wasn't that different from the cruise the crew bar of 25 years earlier and I just think that now there's there's a lot more follow-up and diligence but I think before we were all on ships it was even wilder and I know financially it was definitely more lucrative in some ways there wasn't all the the rules and regulations, you know. So sometimes I kind of almost wish that I'd gone on ship and knew about it. Well, I always say, you know, I wish I knew about it five months earlier because it's a very good way to save money because as well, you know, because you're away from home and you have no expenses. Oh, my God. I saved zero. Every time there was a shark dive, seaplane, jeep, mopeds, uh, I mean, dolphin, swim a dolphin, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, oh, this one's on me. I didn't save nothing. Wow. It's because you didn't have that bingo money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I have to be honest. My first two or three years, I didn't save. I spent everything, and I'd go home broke. And then I got promoted to assist. So when I was cruised up, I didn't save. I did exactly what you did. I went on everything you could ever do. And my second contract was on an Asia cruise on the Sun Viking and going ashore and buying boxes of stuff. And now, you know, you go to like Pier 1 and the things are for sale there or you go to TJ Maxx. But, you know, all the things I, I lovingly bought and sent home to my family. My, uh, we, we packed up my dad's house a couple of years ago and there was actually a box that I'd never opened from Vietnam. And it was full of little hats and all this stuff in there and I was like oh my god I've forgotten it so yeah I get that and then of course the jewelry and St Thomas and and I don't even wear it like it's so funny I don't wear any jewelry now at all apart from my wedding ring I like oh and, and this is my goldfish earrings and they're in memory of the the shrimp and the, the shrimp <laughs> I found it easier to save if you were in the Caribbean Alaska if you stayed closer to the U.S. it was easier to save I think when when you went to Europe and Asia specifically, you know, we didn't get a chance to go out there all that much, at least when I worked. So getting out there, you really wanted to go see all the stuff and do all the stuff. You know, I did the the, uh, the Western Caribbean run for so long that after a while I was like, I'm just going to go for lunch. I wasn't going to, you know, there wasn't really extravagant stuff to do anymore that I hadn't already done. I'll tell you what, though, I'm glad. I, I mean, I just I was on ships a very long time. And I'm very glad in the situation I'm in right now that I did do all of that because it's that money that I saved that's keeping us right now because, you know, we're in entertainment. Well, Karen, I have to say it has been so much fun having you on here. I adore you. I mean, I just love, love, love seeing you. And I'm sure that we you'll have more stories and we'll try to get you back on here again, which I don't think uh, much arm twisting it'll take. But um, let everybody know, how can they get in touch with you? You know, you talked about your creative and your recruiting agency. Why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you? So guys, if you want to contact me, you can find me on Facebook, Karen Webb Mabry in parentheses. Uh, I have my page, Karen's Creative Connections. And if you want to find out more about working on a ship, check out KMCC Recruit, Karen at mabrywebcreative.com. And I will always get back to you. Thank you and safe sailing. Well, thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate you so much coming on. It's great to see you. I can't wait to see you again and uh, continue chatting some more about the ship experience because I have a feeling the more we talk, the more stories are going to come out. There's so many. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. 
We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast in video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!